welcome to D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Paulson. And I started out like really sing-songy, but we're going to start with a lot of sadness. Me too. I regret the tone that I used. Yeah, so I should have been like, you know, yeah, when they play serious music, um, like on a show when they're getting ready to get serious and like they do a serious version of their theme song like that john tash instrumental kind of downbeat piano stuff so yeah that's what we needed because we're gonna start with a lot of sadness because in the span of a week less probably feels like we lost many celebrities Mm -hmm. we lost little richard yeah. Little Richards, which was a big one for me. And I wrote the obit for D-Listed, the site. And while writing it, I learned, and I never knew this, and I'm ashamed to admit, that Tutti Fruity was about butt sex. You didn't know I know, that? how shameful, right? I'm, I never uh, knew it. If I would... did, I forgot it, and that's more shameful. Maybe, because you know what's great? Not to make this all about me, I'm sorry, Little Richard, but I was sure that I learned it from you. Like, I knew it. And I know nothing. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I know it. Anyway, the original yeah. lyrics were Tutti Fruity, good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. You can grease it, make it easy. I mean, that's beautiful. That's an ass sex tutorial masterpiece. That's the only one you need. It really is. So, yeah, I'm ashamed that I didn't know that, but now I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we lost the great little Richard. We also lost Jerry Stiller, mm-hmm. soul singer Betty Wright, mm-hmm. legendary music executive Andre Harrell, Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Vasquez, who was better known as the double rainbow guy. Yeah. He went viral for eyeing at the beauty of a double rainbow. Whoa, that's a full rainbow all the way. Double rainbow. Oh, my God. And we also lost Michael Halkius. Now, I lived in New York City for a while, and there was a commercial that played all the time, and it became a classic and is now known everywhere. So it was a commercial for Grand Prospect Hall, a banquet hall in Brooklyn. Okay. And at the Michael and his wife, Alice, owned it. And at the end of the commercial, they'd say, we made your dreams come true. The Grand Prospect Hall. He died at 82 years old. Now he's in the great big banquet hall in the sky where all his dreams are coming true. Oh, he's eating the most delicious banquet chicken. His choice of soup or salad. No, he doesn't even have to choose. He gets, he gets both. both. Yeah. So rest in peace to them all. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move on to a story that is the sole reason for why... I know that someone named Allison Roman exists. I had no idea. Did you know about the other Allison, Allison? Well, Michael, listen, I'm a white girl. So, yeah, I knew who Allison Roman was. But But there were white girls on Twitter I saw that were like, who? Who? (laughs) I, okay, here's the thing. I know about her because I have a friend who's very into cookbooks, like taking cookbooks out of the library. Um, and then taking pictures of the recipes and sending them to me. And uh, so that's how I knew about her. I knew, But here's the thing. I would not have been able to pick her out of a crowd. But I could tell you what one of her dishes looked like. Yeah, I, I could neither of those. But she's like a, you know, a hipster Brooklyn chef type who she was a pastry chef at Momofoku. She writes a column for the New York Times. She has two cookbooks and is known as the 
it girl of the food world, which that's crazy because Sandra Lee is always the it girl of the food world. So I don't know what yeah, they're talking about. I was going to say, about. sorry, Sandra Lee doesn't exist anymore, apparently. But people love her recipes and she has a major following. She's also white, which is relevant to this story. Very. So she did an interview with the new consumer and the interview was to promote a limited edition <laughs> capsule collection of kitchen tools she's doing with a fancy kitchen brand. And she says her kitchen tools are based on tools that aren't uh, in production anywhere else, like vintage spoons. I'm serious, like vintage spoons. Did I mention that she's a hipster? I was going to say, never has a more hipster sentence been uttered (laughs) when you set a capsule collection with a cookware company to do spoons. Yeah, vintage spoons, Vintage spoons. Allison. Forgive me. The tone of the interview is... How, you know, Alice, the interview is basically to push these vintage spoons. But the tone of it is how Allison doesn't want to sell out and put her name on shit just to put her name on it. And that she'd like to stay small, but also wants to make money. And if that's her goal, if her goal is to stay small, then it may work since I think she lost some people. Yeah, I know. (laughs) With this interview. So she also said she runs her own Twitter and her own Instagram accounts and never wants to give that up. Uh... And so she bragged about um, making a limited edition line of products. And that's when she slammed Marie Kondo. Mm -hmm. So she said Marie Kondo sold out because she's selling a bunch of products that kind of go against what she's taught us. So Allison said, I'm like, damn, bitch, you fucking just sold out immediately. Someone's like, you should make stuff. And she's like, "Okay, slap my name on it. I don't give a shit. Okay, so Allison said she finds that great. I'm sure that's exactly what that's exactly how the business meeting with Marie Kondo went. She's like, "Fuck, slap my name on that shit." <laughs> she's like, "Exactly." She's like, "Here, here's a list of shit people don't need put into production in that exact tone." So Allison said she finds that greedy and said, "You don't need to buy a lot of kitchen equipment to make a good meal. You just Except need for my vintage, vintage spoons. spoons. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need, basically. And you can make anything." She then mimicked Marie Kondo by saying, "For the low, low price of nineteen ninety nine, please to buy my cutting board." So she said, "Please to buy when doing the voice of an Asian woman." I mean, I know like Allison likes to brag, you know, she has a small team and all this, but girl, add a publicist to your team because they would have like, they would have been like, uh, she has a stuttering problem and ended yeah. the call. Add one person who would be willing to say, can you just like run that joke by me one more time? <laughs> I don't do it in an accent. Just let me know the joke that you're trying to do here. Yeah, just go back to talking about your vintage spoons. Talk about what you know, vintage spoons. Listen, Michael, the spoons sell themselves, okay? She needs to talk about something. She doesn't even have to open her mouth. Those vintage spoons are going to fly off the shelves. You're right. So the writer of the piece later claimed that Allison was doing a voice of a cheesy infomercial host when she did that please to byline. But then Mm -hmm. Allison later claimed on Twitter she was referencing an Eastern European book called Please to the Table. And it's an inside joke with friends. Mm -hmm, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm very sure. Okay, then now what she said about Chrissy Teigen. So mm-hmm. Chrissy Teigen, as we know, she's a model. She's married to John Legend. She's into cooking. She has a line at Target, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So Allison was talking about how she wants less stuff in her life. And she'd rather collaborate with a cool glass blower on something she loves. Again, did I mention she's a hipster? Mm-hmm. 
She said this about Chrissy Teigen. Like what Chrissy Teigen has done is so crazy to me. She had a successful cookbook and then it was like, boom, line at Target, boom. Now she has an Instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running a content farm for her. That horrifies me and it's not something that I ever want to do. I don't aspire to that. But like, who's laughing now? Because she's making a ton of fucking money. Allison got a lot of shit for that interview on Twitter. And at first she stood her ground Mm-hmm. saying she was being bullied for being honest about money and what she wants to do with her career, which, girl, you were not bullied. Yeah, no, pe- pe- people calling you out on Twitter is not getting bullied. <laughs> yeah, they're just calling her a fucking hypocrite because she's promoting a line of vintage spoons, which is a way of expanding her brand, and that's exactly what Chrissy and Marie Kondo are doing. Yeah, like, exactly. Don't don't shit on Marie Kondo for her, like, little glass cube with a f- dried flower inside of it. That paperweight thing. Fucking, yeah, you're push, pushing fucking spoons that people don't need. Who doesn't have a spoon in their kitchen? <laughs> Everyone's got a goddamn spoon, okay? So, Marie Kondo loves a mess. Cue up Marie Kondo saying, I love mess. <laughs> I love mess. But she didn't love this mess because she didn't comment. Mm-mm. You know, this interview didn't spark joy, so she threw in the trash. Good move. She hasn't said anything. But Chrissy had a lot to say. So as we know, Chrissy lives on Twitter. It's her main residence. So she responded on Twitter saying that she's hurt because she was a fan of Allison's. She uh, bought Allison's cookbooks. She's praised Allison in interviews and even signed on to be an executive producer on Allison's show. Okay, so Allison (laughs) has a cooking show in the works and Chrissy Teigen is an executive producer. Imagine the audacity, by the way. Imagine having the audacity. Well, what the fuck? Like, is she really, is she trying to blow up her career on purpose? Is this like a, the producer's type situation, like an insurance scheme? It, I think so. I mean, she was talking about glass blowers. She's obviously a fan of blowing things. <laughs> That's true. Chrissy also said that her brand is her baby and she runs her Instagram herself. Thank you very much. And she's not making any money yet, which, okay. Um, so it hurts to be called a sellout. Allison then tweeted at Christy, Chrissy and said she's sorry and shouldn't have used Chrissy's career or Marie, Marie Kondo's career as, as, as an example to show what she wants for her own business and that she's not a woman who takes down other women, blah, 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 blah. So Chrissy gets a lot of hate on Twitter because she's outspoken on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So many took that opportunity to hate on her some more. So she took her account private. Allison then did more damage control and wrote a long ass apology to Chrissy and Marie saying that what she said was stupid and insensitive and that her remarks were tone deaf. She also said that she realized that what she um, that what she said had to do with her own insecurities and she can't appreciate her own success without comparing herself to others and knocking them down. She said that the fact that she went after two Asian women is a function of her white privilege and she's going to work on herself. So she also shared an email address where people can let her know how to be more responsible and aware. Like, she's going to look at those emails. Also, like, good luck, girl. She actually is going to look at them. She's going to get through three and she's going to be like, yeah, deactivate this email account. (laughs) She's like, wait, where are the orders asking for these vintage spoons? That's what (laughs) I was expecting. After Allison posted that long apology, Chrissy Teigen accepted it. And so now Chrissy is back on Twitter. She 
you know, unlocked her account and Twitter can spin again. Like, okay, the problem that I have with all of this is, um, first of all, calling Chrissy Teigen a sellout is wrong. Because Chrissy Teigen has five seasons worth of lip sync battle money. She doesn't need to sell out. She's got plenty of money, okay? Well, even if it's selling out, who cares? What's wrong with selling out? All of a sudden, we don't like money? (laughs) I personally don't think it's selling out. It's just expanding our brand, but it's like... Also, if it's something you like, it's one thing like if I were, I can't even think of something that I wouldn't promote because again, who doesn't love money? But like, it's one thing if you launch a brand of something that you don't believe in at all. That to me is selling out. But yeah, but I mean, if somebody, if somebody yeah, goes like, against, yeah, yeah. something like really wrong or something, like if somebody was like, hey, do you want to do commercials for asbestos? I'd be like, well, how much does it pay? But no, I wouldn't. I would just be like, no, of course not. That's not. Oh, I they then tell them to call me because I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, where do you need an address for where to send the check? <laughs> you can do an e transfer check. <laughs> no, but the thing that was crazy to me that was reading that interview, she didn't have to call out Chrissy Teigen or Marie Kondo by name. She could have. She could have said all the exact same points, right? She could have described Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo without saying their names. And she would have been fine because we all would have just figured she was talking about Rachel Ray. Well, she should have just said, I don't want to do shit that I'm not into. Period. The end. But to me, like, it was very telling that she focused on two Asian women when Gwyneth Paltrow is right there. Like, like, you know, Allison, not you, Allison, the other Allison, was disgusted, you know, over selling shit you don't need. And Gwyneth is the queen of that. (laughs) She, Gwyneth is the queen of like selling shit, but then asking her about it later, being like, "Hey, can I talk about this product, product or whatever?" And her being like, "I don't know what you're talking about." She's like, "What? That was on our website." Well, and Allison did mention her, but only said like, "Does the world need another group?" That's all she said. So she's mm. contemplating it. She thinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not good enough. She said should have said Gwyneth Paltrow by name. She should have said the world does not need another group. Especially because that's her main competitor in the vintage spoon um, market. <laughs> yeah, you know who would have been her real competition? Blake Lively. Yeah, that's true. Or anthropology. Anthropology. Go after yeah. anthropology because they're definitely, uh, you know, number one in the vintage spoon market. They're sellouts. Well, and also, like, I love shit talkers, obviously. Yeah. But if you're going to drag your peers or people in your industry, wait until you've reached a certain status. You know, when you're like Aretha Franklin or Patti LuPone, you know, when mm. you've become the number one vintage spoon seller in the world, then you can start shit talking. Yeah. But, but and- to come out of the gate like that is dumb because this is how many people were introduced to her. It's true. And also, too, even when you're at like Aretha and Patti LuPone level, double check that the person you're talking shit about didn't just sign on to produce your TV show. <laughs> yeah, n- number one <laughs> show <laughs> business. Number one, no. go on IMDb, check yeah. and see if they're a producer <laughs> on your show. Just double check that. Meanwhile, Marie Kondo still has no idea what an Allison Roman is. <laughs> All right, so moving on from a fight that everybody knew about to a fight that the one person in the fight probably didn't even know what was going on. This is a very one-sided Uh, girl-on-girl fight so um but it still involves social media so this happened on may 6th in honor of master archie mountbatten windsor's uh first birthday 
I practiced that name before I said it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got sweat stains in my shirt from that one. So um, in much like many royal people on the first birthday of the baby or like on every birthday, basically like royal family members will put out pictures of their kids. It's cute. Lots of people like it. So Harry and Meghan put out a video for Archie's birthday because he's not like a, he's not a royal baby anymore. He's like royal adjacent. So they did a little video of Megan reading a book to Archie, a book called duck exclamation mark rabbit exclamation mark. So it was kind of a charity thing. It was like two, it was a two parter, right? It was Megan and Harry letting people see what Archie looked like at one years old, but it was also to raise money for charity and get, you know, drive people to the charity website and right, stuff like yeah. that. So it's, it's good. I think we can all agree. It's good. So, Someone who didn't think that it was very good was Emily Giffen. Alison Roman's cousin, basically. Allison Allison Roman's uh East Coast Hampton cousin. Yeah. yeah. She's got like the belt with the whales on it. Yeah, she's all about Tory Birch. Oh, she loves wearing pink and navy blue together. It's her favorite. So Emily's American, but she's really obsessed with the royals. So um And she's an author. Yeah, she's an author. She's like, very, people would describe her books as, I, I hate this term, but it's what people would chick use. Chick lit. I <laughs> hate chick lit. It sounds like a knockoff brand of chick lit. Oh, it's the gum. gum. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's books. It's gum. It's books and gum. <laughs> it's Emily Giffen. So <laughs> Emily is like one of those uh, American royal people who like celebrates the royals um, like weddings and stuff like that with having big parties and stuff. She's one of those people. And she wrote Something Borrowed, which is a series, right? Yeah, there's like a bunch of them. Something Borrowed, Something Blue. There's one about a baby. It's very much like, it's well, it's chiclet. It's like yeah. Bridget Jones' Diary, Confessions of a Shopaholic. So on the day that uh, Megan and Harry posted this video of Archie and Megan reading Duck and Rabbit, she kind of went on a little bit of a tear. She was really pissed off about it. So... On Instagram, she posted uh, a conversation between herself and a friend, or I'm assuming it's a friend, known only as Hardy. And the conversation, I'll do it really quick. So Hardy says, Archie is adorable, but that video screamed, look at me, look at me. I need attention as the doting mother. She's a joke. It was also sad how she seemed just slightly annoyed Archie wasn't fully cooperating to her standards. He's one for crying out loud. Uh, Emily agrees. She says, completely. Hardy says, I feel so sorry for that little boy. <laughs> Emily says, she seemed so unmaternal. Hardy, yes, very fake and forced. Emily, it was uncomfortable. She's such a phony. And then Hardy comes in with, she's an actress playing a part. And then Emily says, poorly. It is. It that is... was an amazing performance, Allison. Well, you know, here's the thing. With the Oscars being such a mess this year, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to skirt around some avenues and get my name out there for your consideration, everyone. Yeah. So, um, but so aside from the conversation that she posted, she also um, went on a uh, like a Megan. I don't want to say a fan site. I think it's like a hater site. It's it's called What Megan Wants. And so Emily was asking like in the comment section and she was asking why Megan couldn't have let Harry be in front of the camera. Why did Megan have to be sitting reading the book? She criticized Megan for saying that they wanted privacy. You know, when they uh, said that they were stepping back as senior Royals in January, um, 
So she's saying, you know, they're asking for, they wanted their privacy, but they're releasing a video of their son. She also had a real problem with Archie not wearing any pants. That part was a mess. I mean, it sounded like she was slut shaming a baby. (laughs) Sort of. Yeah. Like why? It was like a combination of (laughs) slut shaming and mother shaming. Well, it's also like nobody likes, nobody likes wearing pants, especially babies. Well, also, Michael, they live in L.A. Isn't it hot as hell? Well, they're in air conditioning, let's be real. Yeah. But, and it's like, he's wearing diapers, which are shorts. It's based, look, it's He wasn't totally pantless. Yeah, it's basically pants. It's baby pants. Yeah, he wasn't like Winnie the Pooh sitting there with just a t-shirt and everyone being like, oh my God, did they mean to post this video? Yeah, it's like, it's fine. He's wearing a onesie. It's totally fine. Well, one thing that stuck out to me about her Mm -hmm. criticism, you know, her saying that, like, why didn't Harry read the book? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, last month, Harry did read a children's book on camera. He mm-hmm. read Thomas the Tank Engine. You know, he can take right on this caboose. Choo-choo. I was going to say, how many times have you watched that video, Michael? <laughs> anyway, he read the book and he didn't even read it to his kid. Like he didn't share any screen time with anyone. So if you want to talk about someone hogging up the camera, not that I'm complaining, talk about him. The baby wasn't there. Yeah, that's very me, me, me. Harry's the star of that video. <laughs> exactly. But Emily's silent. Emily had, you know, something borrowed, but nothing to say on that video. Yeah. So anyway, everyone on Twitter, like, realized what Emily was doing. It kind of, like, picked up a little bit of steam. And, you know, people were like, okay, you're being really fucking rude. So obviously, because Emily, Emily's not, like, a famous person. I, You could say she's an Allison Roman type where people might be familiar with her books, but they couldn't pick her out of a crowd. But that's still, you know... She depends on selling books. So obviously someone either told Emily to apologize or she realized it was the right thing to do. So no, she, someone told her. <laughs> so Emily swore in her um, apology that it wasn't about racism. She's like, I was not coming from a place of racism. I know it sounds, you know, a lot of people say like, you know, the, the criticism that is against Megan isn't the same criticism that Duchess Kate gets because it's coming from a place of racism or coming from a place of like, oh, she shouldn't be in the royal family. Yeah, she doesn't deserve to be yeah, yes. a royal. Yeah, right. so so Emily's like, I swear to God, that's not where I was coming from. In her, yeah, in her Instagram apology, she paired it with like a gallery of pictures of um, different things that she had written about Megan, like nice things, which they're they're not like snarky or sarcastic they actually are they're all things like beautiful stunning like so she has said nice things about megan in the past but she said in her apology she said i can see how some of my posts may have felt mean-spirited and could have been construed as having racial undertones it was not my intent but i understand that intent and impact are two very different things i am truly sorry for that negative impact she also should have set it up an email so that people could email and help her out with this like Alison Roman, but maybe Alison will, you know, forward her that. Yeah. So one of the things, though, was, oh, also, so at the time, because Emily Giffen's Twitter mentions were like a fucking mess. Like it was just tons and tons of people being like, you, you're psychotic. Um, She locked her Twitter and she locked her Instagram. Both of them are public now. So and she hasn't posted anything about the royals on Instagram since. She probably has a second account for that. 
yeah, she yeah it's called La- lady lesson. lady emily or something so yeah. one of the pictures though that like stuck out to me was it's at the very beginning of her apology it's a picture of emily dressed up like she's going to a royal wedding with like the you know st- crazy hat and she's standing with a life-size cutout of harry and megan in what appears to be her living room and now i'm not gonna say that megan has a stalker but I am going to say that Megan might want to put some extra locks on her doors because it sounds like Emily's very obsessed. Well, with... she's obsessed. Like you, yeah, you like she's an obsessed Megan hater and you can mm-hmm. find them. You can you can find them on Twitter. You can find them find them in the comment section of the Daily Mail or delisted or other blogs like there's some, you know, who just don't really like Megan and they're mm-hmm. like, you know, she's a fame whore or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's those like Emily who are foaming at the mouth over you know while hating megan it's like an obsession yeah even on things that like you can't hate on like i honestly could not find anything to hate on in that video of her and archie yeah and they tear it apart when it really doesn't matter and they're always like you know i'm not a racist i just fucking hate that diabolical conniving (laughs) rat (laughs) and it's like jesus christ i'm the one who should hate megan markle she stole my man and i'm not fucking mad at her also it's like if you're gonna dedicate your energy to calling out a royal and her son focus on queen elizabeth and prince andrew yeah no yeah they have nothing to say about that (laughs) no but i'm just saying like hate on them yeah no they yeah they have nothing to say about that yeah but and also emily is done because her her books are basically like lifetime movies right Oh, absolutely. And Megan moved back to L.A. to supposedly do movies again. And so she could have starred in the Lifetime movie of one of Emily's books. And now that's never going to happen. Yeah, good luck with that, Big mistake, yeah. Okay, Allison and I are now going to get into a few stories, starting with Elon Musk and Grimes. So last week we talked about how they named their son X. AEA12. And there are some updates. So the state of California will eventually reject the name since they don't allow numbers. Uh, But Grimes explained the meaning of the kid's name on Twitter. She said that X is the unknown variable. AE is her elven spelling of AI, which stands for artificial intelligence. And A12 is the precursor to the SR-17, which is their favorite aircraft. Elon then checked her on Twitter saying she got the uh, aircraft name wrong, and she told him that she just had a baby, so her typos are forgiven. Elon also said on Joe Rogan's podcast that the name is pronounced X-Ash, but Grimes said on Twitter it's pronounced X-A-I. Mm-hmm. And, like, meanwhile, the person who gets paid seven forty an hour at the state licensing office is like, look, my shift ends in 10 minutes, I'm just going to write Steve. And I mean, they, I mean, they can fight about the pronunciation, but when anybody meets him, they're just going to call him poor child. So they should have gone with that. Poor child or Steve. Or PC. Poor child Steve. PC Musk. Yeah. PC Musk. <laughs> yeah, none of that A1 sauce shit. Yeah, Mm-mm. PC Musk. <laughs> so Brian May, the 72-year-old guitarist of Queen, posted a video of him being wheeled through a hospital posted that video on Instagram, and he wrote, I managed to rip my gluteus maximus to shreds in a moment of over-enthusiastic gardening. So suddenly I find myself in a hospital getting scanned to find out exactly how much I've actually damaged myself. Oh my gosh. 
Michael, what? I've I've heard <laughs> of blowing out your back with a hoe, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's that exactly such... what I was going to say. I was going to say like, Brian, if you want to get your ass torn up by a hoe, I'm not much of a top, but I'd give it a go. <laughs> and that rhymes. It's Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Oh my gosh, you and Lil Richard. <laughs> you have a way with words. So Mediamatic Etn Etn is it Etn? The mm-hmm. name of the restaurant we're going to talk about? I'm not sure. Okay, Mediamatic. Let's just call it Mediamatic. Okay. Is a waterfront restaurant uh, in Amsterdam. And the main restaurant itself is a giant greenhouse. And now because of social distancing, they're testing little greenhouses that will go in front of their restaurant um, along the water. And the little greenhouses are for two to three people to dine together without having to worry about strangers, you know, sneezing coronavirus on them. So the servers who are wearing masks also pass you the food on a board so you make minimal contact with them. Now, they're just testing it right now mm-hmm. and, you know, waiting until restaurants open up again. And But reservations are still uh, sold out. So people want to do it. Yeah. But I honestly, I don't think it's going to get past the test stage because they can't serve anything that's going to make people farty like eggs or broccoli because those greenhouses are going to trap them. Who's worried about COVID when you're scared of passing out from toxic greenhouse gases? That's actually true. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. No, for real. I wouldn't want to be stuck in like a little plexiglass box with someone. Well, that's exactly like that's how I feel, too, because I mean, they're pretty and it looks pretty and it's romantic and all. But ever since I saw Julianne Moore get, you know, killed by a greenhouse in Hand That Rocks the Cradle, I'm done with greenhouses. Like, I don't want spaghetti with a side of death. So on Mother's Day, Kelly Clarkson and um, Jemima Kirk, she's on Girls. What is it? Jemima. Jemima. Jemima Kirk, she was on Girls. So both thanked their nannies on Mother's Day. So Jemima thanked her nanny for being another mother to her children and said that she can't stand playing with her own kids. So her nanny saves them from boredom. Kelly also thanked her nanny for being an extra mom and sister wife. Does that mean she fucks her husband? And Mm -hmm. loving her children. So some people praise them for being honest and some thought it was weird. I don't know. I'm I'm team honest because at least they know their names. Like they acknowledge them. They know their names. I bet that there are some famous people out there, cough, Kim Kardashian, who would be like, thank you so much to, I want to say, Stephanie, maybe, perhaps Julie. I think one is called Helen. I don't know. That's that's if she even can. Yeah, they posted the pictures of them, but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. think, I think it was cute. But... Like, Jemima can't stand playing with her kids. <laughs> That's I mean, the whole point of having kids. Like kid, Kids don't do, as speaking as a mother, kids don't do much else other than play. Well, I don't want to do any of the other stuff. Like, I just want to play Barbies with them. Like, if she said, I can't stand parenting my kids, I can't stand, you know, feeding them, washing them, I just want to play Barbies with them, that yeah. I'd understand. So she's, you, a mon- she's a monster. It's like, what do you want to do? Do the schoolwork? No, thank you. Oh, my God. That's so weird. So, and finally, Lucas Kwan Peterson, um, a food columnist for the Los Angeles Times, did a power ranking of Ben and Jerry's flavors based on taste. Duh. So, wake and no-bake cookie dough core, which I didn't even know existed, was last on the list. The top five, starting with five, was 
Cherry Garcia, the um, uh, then Americone Dream, then Fish Food, then New York Super Fudge Chunk, and at number one was Peanut Butter Half-Baked. Everything But Though was number 15, and Chunky Monkey was number 17. Okay. This list was very... This controversial was, for you? Oh, it was very controversial. Look, I absolutely agree with the number one. Peanut Butter Half-Baked is easily the best Ben & Jerry's ice cream. Like, no question. It's so good. There's, like, pieces of brownie in it, but there's also peanut butter cookie dough. It's really good. I have got a... I have to hard disagree on how high Cherry Garcia ranked. Cherry Garcia is trash. Where would you put Cherry Garcia at the bottom? Dead last. I wouldn't even put it on the list. Doesn't even deserve to be on the list. Nobody should be eating that. Also, <laughs> Netflix and Chilled is... That should have been number five. That is a good ice cream. And okay. And the dude who wrote that article said that the pretzels were dry. He was like, it's ranked low because the pretzels are dry. What What do you think pretzels are? They're dry. A pretzel is a dry food. No, but sometimes you know like pretzels. I, well, I know what he's saying. Maybe he wanted like a doughy pretzel. D- disgusting. <laughs> Dis- disgusting. Yeah, I'm not as passionate about as you about this list because like when it comes to ice cream, you know, I'm like <laughs> Celine Dion buying shoes. I take it all. What size you got? That's how I am. I want them all except for out of this world. Now that's that's my Cherry Garcia. That shit is nasty. So last week, I bragged about how this podcast is the number one entertainment news podcast in Bulgaria. We're still number one in Bulgaria. But this week, we're also the number one entertainment news podcast in Croatia. So we're taking Eastern Europe by storm, Allison. We really are. And it makes me ask, where where's Poland at? Or why are we not ranking your, Poland? Where's your people? Where's my homeland? Come on, yeah, Poland, get week. it together. Next week. But hi, Croatia. That's so exciting. Yeah, so last week I said thank you in Bulgarian to mm-hmm. Bulgaria. So this week... <laughs> I'm really excited for this. I'm going to say thank you in Croatian to Croatia. And it's... I mean, I practiced a lot. I mean, I'm going to blow it because it's really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here it goes. <clears throat> Havala, Croatia. That sounded, that sounded no, good. I definitely fucked it up. I pre- like they kept saying, try not to focus on the H because Americans focus on the H. What are you supposed so, to focus on? The V? Havala, Croatia. So Havala, Havala, Croatia. Thank you, Croatia. <laughs> so if you've got a tip or a note for us, email us at dtp at dlisa.com. And if you haven't rated and reviewed us yet, please do. So, till next week. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.